I hope everybody's doing good this morning. If you've got your Bibles, I'd like for you to take and turn over to John chapter 14 and verse number 12. John 14 and verse number 12. And as you go over there, just want to share with you uh, tonight. Uh, I know if Todd was here, we'd be doing culture shift uh, in the fellowship hall. Uh, but since Todd is not here, we're going to meet out here. And I'm just going to share a little bit more in depth of what we're going to talk about this morning. So John chapter 14, verse number 12. And if you will, we stand for the reading of God's word. John 14, verse 12. It says, truly, truly, I say to you. He who believes in me and the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Our Father God, as we come before you this morning, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the fact that, Father, that we know that you are in our midst. We thank you, Father, for the promise that you do give us in this word that not that we are capable of doing greater than what you did, but we are capable of doing greater than what we're doing now because you are with the Father and the Holy Spirit does dwell within us. So, Lord, we want your will to be done. We ask that you speak to us. We ask that you conform us. You challenge us. Whatever needs to be done today to help us to have that desire to do greater for you, Lord, we, we ask it to be done. We love you. We praise you. And we give you all things. And it's in Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I want you to take and turn over to second, First Kings. First Kings chapter number 19, and we're going to look at verses 15 through 21. But as you turn over there, I just want to share just a little bit more uh, about that verse that we just read, talking about doing greater and what Christ means. And I think sometimes when we think of doing greater things, the first thing that comes to mind is maybe doing something bigger. And that's not, not the case. And I don't think that's what Christ meant here. I think what Christ meant when he says you can do greater things than these or do uh, also and even do greater. I think he's saying you can have more impact. You can have a greater influence. Because he's not, he, he wasn't contained. Now he's with the Father and the Holy Spirit does live within us. And so we do have the capability of having greater impact, greater influence in this world because of the Holy Spirit lives within us. Now, here's the key in all this. Do you believe that? Do you truly believe today? Because I think where we're at uh, in society, um, even within the church and within a lot of believers, I think sometimes we wonder, can I have greater impact? Can I have greater influence? You know, can... Can God completely change my life from anything that I believed? You know, can it truly go beyond all limitations? If we believe God's word and we truly believe and are convinced that God is who God says he is and that we take John fourteen twelve as truth, which we, I believe is truth, I, I hope you believe is truth, then the answer to that question is yes. God is capable no matter how old I am, young, middle, old, it does not matter. It does not matter my background. It doesn't matter who my parents were, who my grandparents were. It doesn't matter where I'm at today. God is capable of taking my life and using it in a way that will have greater impact, greater influence for him in this world. And we have to be, believe that. Now, the, I'm going to share with you, if you turn over to uh, 1 Kings chapter number 19, 
And uh, I can remember one day, I, maybe a Mark or a Canon Sunday School class said, you know, who's one of your favorite persons, characters, and scriptures besides Christ? It didn't take long for me to say Elisha. I absolutely love Elisha. Now, there's some others I like, but I love Elisha because I just, I love, I love everything about him. And so we're going to look at Elisha here this morning. And so in 1 Kings chapter number 19, I'm going to pick up in verse number 15. And I'm going to read down through verse 21. And it says this. It says, And the Lord said to him, and he's talking to Elijah. He says, Go and return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you have arrived, you shall anoint Hazel king over Aram. And Jehu, the son of Nismah, you shall also anoint king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Saphat of Abinamoth, to you shall anoint as prophet in your place. In verse 17 it says, And it shall come about that the one who escapes from the sword of Hazel, Jehu will put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jesu, Elisha will put to death. Now jump down to verse 19. So he departed from there and found Elisha the son of Sephat while he was plowing with the twelve pairs of oxen before him. And he with the twelve. And Elisha passed over to him and threw his mantle on him. He left the auction and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother, then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back for what I have done to you. So he returned from the following him and took the pair of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the implements of the oxen and gave it to the people, and they ate. And there he arose and followed Elijah and ministered to him. One of the things that if you look at here in this passage, we're going to look at a few things, or two or three things. Uh, one of the things that I think God loves to do, and I've experienced it, and I know you have too, is God likes to interrupt our lives. He does. If you look through Scripture, I, I mean, listen, I, some of the, okay, Isaac's wife, Rebecca. You know, Rebecca was just doing her natural thing, right? She was going out and watering the animals and livestock, camels, whatever it is. And guess what? God interrupts her life. And I think Todd mentioned it last week, and we know the story of Moses and the burning bush. Moses is just going on doing his thing, and God decides to interrupt his life with the burning bush. Paul, you know, again, another one. He's on his road to Damascus, and what happens? Boom, God shows up. God loves to interrupt our lives. You know, we're just kind of living day to day, and all of a sudden, God shows up. And that's what happened here. You know, Elisha is just doing his thing. You know, he's out there in the field, and he's plowing away. And, you know, his day started probably just like almost any other day. And all of a sudden, God shows up. Now, what I, I say that to say this, because Elisha wasn't expecting it. It just kind of came out of nowhere. And for us, that's usually what happens as well. You know, there's times that we just get up and we do what we do. You know, we make the most of our day. We're doing, you know, whether it's going to school, doing our job, whatever we do on pretty much a normal routine, that's what we do. We make the most of it. We do the best with the life that God has given us at this very moment. But here's the key, guys. God can show up at any moment. You never know when. You never know how. You never know who. And you never know where. And for Elisha, it was out in the middle of a field behind the oxen plowing a field. And for us, if we, are truly, if we truly believe that God can do greater things through us, when we get up and start our day, 
Do you kind of say, okay, here's, here's my plans for the day? And I think we all kind of do that. But I think we all should, should also have a vision or insight to say, you know, God just might show up today. God might just come knocking on my door today. And here's the thing. When God comes knocking on our door, or when God has, and I, I put it like this, a God-ordained interruption. When God does that, what are you prepared to do? What are you prepared to do? What are you prepared to do when that moment takes place? So I say this to you. If you're convinced and you truly believe that, you know what, this is what I'm doing today and I'm living the life that God's given me and I'm doing the best I can with what God has given me today. Do you believe today that tomorrow or before you leave this service or maybe, just maybe, this service is God's interruption in your life? You know, you're just kind of going through life and all of a sudden God speaks to you and he just gives you a nudge right now. He gives you that little fire in your bones and say, you know, I'm doing the best I can but I believe that God can use me in a greater way. That God can use me to have a greater impact. That God can use me to have greater influence in the world in which I live. Maybe today is your day where God says, I'm going to interrupt your life. And not only am I going to interrupt your life, but I'm changing your life. I'm going to have you do greater. I'm going to have you have greater influence. I'm going to have you have greater impact. But here's the thing. Do you want that today? You know, we pray, God, I want your will to be done. Maybe it is God's will for you today that he wants to do something in your life. Are you open to it? You know, it's one thing to say, I'm open to it. It's another thing to say, I, I'll show you by surrendering. And that's kind of what Elisha did. But we'll, we'll get that to here in a moment. So you never know where God's interruptions are going to take place. Second thing I want you to see, and I want you to go back up to verse 16. Because... And again, we, we see this throughout Scripture. In verse 16, and I'm, I'm going to read that verse. I know it's got some words in there. It says, Jehu, the son of Nishma, you shall anoint king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Saphat of Amorite, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. And he said, what's significant about that? I'll tell you what's significant about that. God is having a conversation with Elijah about Elisha. Does Elisha know this conversation is taking place? No clue. Now, here's the exciting part, okay? Do you think that God may be speaking to somebody else somewhere, and we don't know who, about you this morning? It could happen. God could be speaking to someone else, to someone else, somewhere else you have no clue about, you have no idea what's going on, but God is talking to them about you. And that person, whoever it is, no matter, I mean, it may come in the form of a letter, it may come in the form of a, a knock at the door, it may come in the form of a phone call, or it may come in the form of somebody speaking through your car window. And let me share with you for that for a moment. We moved here about, well, almost 11 years ago here in Bristol. And, of course, we live in the Stonewall District. And, you know, I've, I've always taken my kids to school and, and picked them up. And one day, uh, about eight years ago, I'm in the car rider line. You know, just I'm there. I'm picking up my kids. I've got my window. And Dr. Brittle has always made a habit when the kids are leaving for the day, she's usually out there, you know, to talk to the parents and greet the parents. So I'm coming through the line and, you know, I've got my windows down, and the kids are sitting there waiting. Dr. Brittle, and, and we have gotten to know each other a little bit. Uh, I mean, she didn't know me that well. 
I didn't know her that well, but we knew a little bit of each other. And here's what she said to me. She says, have you ever thought about joining PTA? You know, that's PTA in school. I said, no, I've never thought. And listen, I wouldn't be one to join PTA. But when she said that to me, I said, you know, why not? So I joined PTA. And she said, have you ever thought about, I mean, this is the conversation we have. She says, like next time through, she says, have you ever thought about running for PTA? You know, so it went joining to running now. And I said, no, I never. So I, I eventually ran. I was on PTA. I was PTA uh, treasurer for two years. I was PTA vice president for two years. And I was PTA president for two years. One day comes up and she says, Mr. Sizemore, have you ever thought being, about being a substitute teacher? Nope. But guess what? I thought about it, prayed about it. Became a substitute teacher. A year later, aid position came open. And she came to me. Can you guess what she said? Have you ever thought about being an aide? Nope. But why not? You know, so I became an aide. And in the position I'm in today, uh, for the school system, I do all four elementary schools. Last year, Dr. Brill came to me and she says, there's a position that's going to maybe come and open. I want you to apply for it. I tell you all that to tell you this. It wouldn't have happened had God not spoke to Dr. Brittle back eight years ago about me. Wouldn't have happened. I would not be where I'm at today in the school system if that conversation that God had with Dr. Brittle, you know, and how he did it, I have no clue. But it would not have happened had that conversation not happened Back eight years ago where it started out, have you ever thought about being on the PTA? Guys, what I'm trying to tell you is that God very well may be having a conversation about you to somebody else. He's speaking to their heart. He's, he's put your name upon their mind. He's put your name upon their heart for something. And you don't know what's going to come of it. But that is going from not doing anything to now I'm where I'm at today and you know, God, I hope he's using my life to have a greater influence and a greater impact. It can happen. And it happened here. You know, God's talking to Elijah on a mountain. And Elijah's just going out, doing his life, doing what, you know, he knows to do. And God says, oh, by the way, Elisha, I want you to go anoint him because he's going to take your place someday. The conversation happens. Guys, there could be a conversation happening about you. And let me say one thing about that as well is that if God could be having a conversation to you about somebody else. When God puts a, a name in your heart, he puts a name on your mind, he puts a nudge there to, to whether speak to somebody or pray for somebody, that may be God's way of doing what he did here. He's put that name in your mind and in your heart for a reason. Don't ignore it. Don't just blow it off and say, ah, you know, no big deal. Pray about that. Do whatever God says. And it could be if it's just something there, just say, God, show me what to do. Do you want me to pray about this person? Do I need to talk about this person? Do I need to talk to somebody else about this person? There is a reason it's happening. So don't just ignore it. The third thing I want you to, to look at here is, in, in, here in the, it's verse number 19. And, you know, Elisha again, he's out doing his thing. And so he says here, so, so he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Saphat, while he was plowing the twelve pairs of oxen before him. 
and he with the twelve, and Elijah passed over to him and threw his mantle on him. That's it. Now, you, there's no conversation. There's nothing. Elijah doesn't say, he doesn't come up to Elijah and say, Do you like your job? Do you like what you're doing? Let me tell you. Let, let me tell you what God wants to do in your life. That, that conversation never happened. Now, Elisha knew. You know, Elisha knew that Elijah, or let me rephrase that. Elijah knew that Elisha was going to take his place. He knew back up in verse number 17 where it says, uh, he said, who escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall put to death. You know, God had that conversation with Elijah, but that conversation never happened between God and Elisha or Elijah and Elisha. That conversation never happened. All it was that Elijah saw him doing what God had told him to do. He goes up, throw the mantle up, and he starts to walk away. And Elisha says, wait, wait, wait a second. Hold on here. Can I uh, go back and tell my family goodbye and everything? And you know what Elijah, Elijah says? Yeah, you go back and go ahead and do that. And in other words, what he's saying is, you've got to settle for yourself what just happened. Now, I am sure I'm going to give the benefit of a doubt. I am sure Elisha knew who Elijah was. You know, and he had to have this feeling, there's something going on here. I don't know what, but there's something going on here. And so he says, yeah, you go on back. And, of course, we know the story. Elisha goes back, kills, and, you know, and they feed everybody, and he goes out and follows him. But, but here's, here's the thing, guys, is that you never get, as we said, you never know when, you never know who, you never know how, where. You never know those things. But when that moment comes, you know, you, that God interrupts your life. And it could, be a, it could be a simple nudging of the heart. What do you do? Do you ignore it? Do you say, oh, it's just, it's just emotions? Or do you say, you know, God, I don't know what you're going to do, but I want, I desire to do greater. I, I want that. And you surrender to that. You give it over. And that's what, that's what Elisha did. He, he said, you know, I don't have to know the whole story. Because that story didn't take place. I don't have to know the layout. I don't have to know the plans. All I know is that, God, you're doing something. And I want to be a part of it. <laughs> I want to be a part of it. And isn't that what it's about? You know, having greater influence and a greater impact and God doing greater things through us and in us, it's just about partnering with God. It's saying, God, I want to be a part of what you are doing because you know what? I can do a little bit by myself, but if I'm partnering with you, I can do a whole lot more. I can do a whole lot more. I can have a whole lot more greater influence. I can have a whole lot more greater impact in the world in which I live. Again, you know, Christ said it. I can't do anything apart from the Father. I can't. Well, guess what? We truly can't make a difference in this world in which we live apart from the Father. We have to partner with Him. And the only way we can partner with Him is walking with Him. The only way Elisha was going to have a changed life, to have greater impact and greater influence, wasn't to keep going behind the oxen, but it was to follow Elijah. And that leads us to this last part. If you say yes, who knows what God will open up to you? Who knows what God's going to do? And I'm not, listen, I will not tell you today it will be easier. 
I'm not telling you today that if you say, okay, Lord, I want to do greater, it's just going to be a cake of water. It's not. It's going to be hard. You're going to have your moments when, man, you're on the mountain, but you're in the valley. You're going to have those moments when you're crying out to God and say, God, I need your wisdom. I need your guidance. I need your strength. That's where God wants us. He wants us to be totally dependent upon Him. He doesn't want half-heartedness. It's either all or nothing. All or nothing. And, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that tonight. But as you think about it, God says, here it is. Do you want to follow me? Elisha said, yes, I'll follow. And because of that, we know, we know what, ha- what happened. If you say no, had Elisha said no that day, you know what he'd been choosing? Yeah, just, I want you to get a visual here because you, you need this visual. He would, have been, he would have chosen to say, I would rather have a view of the rears of the oxen over a view of what God wants to do. Now, that doesn't sound a whole lot, but boy, that, that changes your whole perspective. And so many of us were content to where we're being. I'm not saying, and I'm going to say this, we can be content to where we're at as long as that's where God wants us. That's, if that's where God wants us. And if God wanted Elisha to stay there and plow those oxen, so be it. But that's not where God wanted him. We should always want what God wants in our life. And if that means doing what we're doing today, so be it. But if God is saying, you know, I know where you're, what you're doing today, but that's not what I want you to continue to do. What view, do you, what view would you rather have? The rears of the oxen or what God wants to do? I know what I want. I know what I want. I want what God wants me to say. I want, I want what God wants to do in my life and through my life. That's what I want. I don't want nothing more, and I don't want nothing less. And I think that's what God wants for all of us. He wants, he wants us to desire what he wants for our lives. And that could change at any moment. So this morning, do you... Have a desire, and I would say a fire in your bones to experience God in even greater ways. Is it there? If it's not, you ought to be praying, God, give me that fire. Give me that fire, because I've experienced, maybe you've experienced God in great ways in the past. You tell me where there's any limit to the greatness that you can experience God. There is none. You can experience God in new ways and in greater ways. And every believer should have that desire. God, man, what you've done in the past has been wonderful. Man, they're in my journal. They, they, are, they are those markers there that I can share. But Father, I don't want to live in the past. I want to, do, I want to experience what you want to me experience in the future. I want to experience new and exciting things, great things. I want, no matter what, they, I want to experience those things. That should be every one of our desires. Second thing, are you prepared? Are you prepared in your mind and your heart, ready to respond in faith when that interruption comes? That's a hard, it's an easy question, but it's a hard answer. You know why? Because we get comfortable. We get comfortable. Man, I'm, I'm in a good job. I've got a, you know, I'm in a, a good setting as far as church. You know, things are going good. 
I really don't want God to interrupt my life today. You know, I, I don't, I really don't want that. Now, it would be nice if he could interrupt my life and do something amazing immediately. But a lot of times when God interrupts our life, man, there's that, there, there's a hard, a hard path to follow there. It's always easy to choose the easy way. Because that's where most of us choose. Man, if I can do it a little bit easier, right? I mean, it's what it's about, right? It's what society says. Do it the easiest way possible. You know, if you're, if you're on a production line, what are they always trying to find? They're trying to find a way to do it better, but to do it easier, faster. So we always want to choose the easy route, the easy way. You show me one scripture. Show me one place in scripture where God says the easiest way is the best way. It's not there. So why are we wanting that? God may say the best way may be the hardest way. It's kind of like a, what's it, a quote. Sometimes the hardest times have the best views. You know, they have the best perspectives. On and I went out yesterday and on and loves to be outside. And I am sore as sore as can be this morning. But we climbed the mountain at Steels Creek. You know, we're walking and we just go on the trail. And, and she says, Dad, can we go that way? I said, sure. We got that way. She says, can we go that way? Sure. And before I know it, we was on the ridge, you know, looking down, climbing all the way up. I said, at least it's downhill on the way back. <laughs> she can handle it. I can't. But boy, it was beautiful up there. And it was worth it. God may be interrupting your life today. And he says, you know what? Yeah, it's going to be hard at first, but it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Are you prepared for that? Are you prepared to say, Lord, I'm, I'm ready? And then the third thing. This morning, if God gave you a choice, what perspective do you want? The rears of the oxen or what God wants to do? If you say no, you're choosing that over what God wants. Now, again, I'm not saying what you're doing today is not worthwhile. It is if that's where God wants you. But maybe today God is saying, that's not where I want you anymore. There's something I want to do in your life. Will you be like Elisha and say, I don't know what God has in plan and has in store for me, but I'm, I'm ready. I'm all in. This morning, what will you do? Would you dare come to this altar and say, Lord, I'm ready. If you want to interrupt my life today, so be it. I'm ready. Because I want to do greater. I want to, I want to do greater things for you. I want you to do greater things in my life. And I want you to do greater things through my life. If you want me to do that, so be it. If you want me to stay where I'm at and keep doing what I'm doing, so be it. That's what I'll do. But I don't want to say no to you. I don't want to say no to you because I'm comfortable. Because I've got my life planned out. I want to do what you want me to do. You can. You can do greater. Why? Not because I say so, but because God says so. Because he says so. Our Father God, as we bow before you this morning. Father, we just, again, I, I don't know why else to pray, but to say, Father, we want your will to be done because, I, Lord, here's, here's where we're at in today's society. Good enough is no longer good enough. You did not call us to be good. You called us, I believe, Father, when we look at your words, you called us to be obedient to you that greater might happen. You've called it because, Father, you don't do things that are just good. 
Well, the things that you do in the lives of individuals is great. They're, it's miraculous. It's, it's life-changing. And you, you've done that throughout Scripture, Father. You have done that throughout history. And I'm sure, Father, over the course of history in our own lives, there's been times, Father, where you have changed our lives and you have interrupted our lives. But your days of interruption are not over. I believe, Father, you're calling all of us. John 14, 12. You can do greater things than these. Because I go to the Father. May we have that desire to say, Lord, if you want me where I'm at, so be it. But Father, if you want to do greater things in me and through me, I'm all in for that as well. May that fire be there. May that desire to be there. May we say yes to you and no to what we want. It's in the precious name of Christ we pray. Amen.